0: Mr. Pop. Oh, that's the Olympic spirit. No, it isn't. That's the underage spirit.
1: This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. This is not a test. This is the real show, gentlemen. Now, welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me, as always, Mark Fine. Hello, Viney. You know, Kev. How are you going? I'm well for a man in lockdown. Yes. I'm used to it now. Yeah, we Hard all are. Life. And also in lockdown, of course, but that's the house arrest more than lockdown, is uh, Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. Testing, testing. <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, testing. How are you, man? Are we, we ready to go? Are we ready to go, Kev? Yeah, it's not a tell. We're on. We're on.
2: Oh, I thought we were testing. Okay. No, I'm good. Thank you.
1: Very good. Very good to hear. Now, are you? Uh, we're going to do a few things on the program uh, this week. Chart attackers from September 29, 1978, is selected by Finey. So we'll get the, uh, the details well, uh, of that. Grand well f- Grand final weekend. Job. Yeah, grand final weekend, 1978. Um, we'll do the footy tips and there'll be a stewards inquiry into the footy tips this week that's uh, ongoing at the moment. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. We, we hope to have the results of that stewards inquiry shortly. It's uh, something to do with uh, some drug testing and... But well, Someone taking the piss, but anyway. Uh, and, and also the Olympic highlights. We'll have a look at our highs and lows now that the uh, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo are finished and we're preparing now for the Paralympics, which will start in about a week and a bit's time, I think. So looking forward to that. So have got all that stuff to, to get in between now and the end of the, the program. But first, um, how's your week been, Fanny? What have you been up to?
0: Well, obviously not a great deal because of, of the lockdown. So... What's a very unusual weekend of football, of course. Oh, God. We'll get to that later on. Uh, Otherwise, you know what? It's all sort of just meshing into one, really.
1: You sound like someone's just put a pillow over your head. Really? (laughs) I thought we were travelling beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Pillow-biter. Jesus, Mannix. (laughs) What are you on? Yeah. <laughs> Is that <it> better? <laughs> oh, goodness me. Is that better? Yes, that's better. That's better. It just sounded like <laughs> someone had put a little pillow over the front part of your head. And what? Did you get off the. Tell me about. Get your, off the pillows. Tell me about your week, Mr. Mannix. What have you been up to?
2: Oh, it was fantastic. I went to Bali, had a bit of a holiday out there for a couple of days, yep. then went down to New Guinea and um, did a bit of radio work there. Right. Then I called in the Queensland and uh, got an extra job on uh, the King Kong versus Megalon movie, and then I went down to Sydney uh, with a few shows at the Opera House, then drove down to Melbourne and uh, just been going out to dinner every night.
1: Right. Well, geez, it's quite weak. Yeah. No, I've just been staying
2: at home and doing nothing and being bored, actually, but I thought the other thing sounded better.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. We we've got to, you've got to have dreams, haven't you? Well, if you don't have a
2: dream, how are you gonna have a dream come true? Exactly right. Oh.
1: Oh, there's a hallmark. Did you read that on a on a Valentine's Day card or something? No,
2: it's sensible, isn't it? Um, you've got to have a dream if you don't have
1: a dream. How you going to have a dream come true? Oh, that – I remember him. You remember that song? Yeah, yeah he had do. the on his shoulder. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, uh, oh, that was massive too. He was really yeah. big, Captain Sensible. And yeah, the other one. I said, Captain. I said, what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, God. We can see if we can interview him, kid. When was that? When was – was that the mid-'80s? Oh, it was the early 80s. Early 80s, okay. About 82, I reckon. That's my guess. Yeah. I, I, I do remember I was in Melbourne because I reckon he came out for Countdown.
2: Well, it's probably the only show that would have had him. Yeah. I couldn't have seen coming out for 60 Minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, the Sixty well, minutes, I Who know. 60 Minutes would be keen to interview Gary Glitter. Oh,
2: Gary Glitter,
1: well, he can go on Current Affair, he can go on any show. Yeah, well, there you go. So don't don't rule out rock stars coming out here for more important and serious type well, shows. Well, why don't we interview Gary Glitter, Kev? We should get on to Gary. Oh, right. All right,
2: well, and, and just well, pray... Well, try and get the guy from Hey Dad's there.
1: Pray tell. Pray tell. What would be your first question to Gary Glitter if we got Gary Glitter for Life of Brian, the podcast?
2: Who wrote Do You Really Want to Touch Me?
1: That's what be my first I question. It?
2: Okay, where where do you get your wig from? <laughs> Does your mum get pissed off for using up all the alco- al- 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 aluminium foil? Right.
1: Okay. No, no I didn't. Re- I good. didn't realise you'd done some research into Gary Glitter already. Oh, I've been, I've been working on it for years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, goodness me. Actually, speaking of Gary Glitter, Gary Glitter was the first international act that Michael Chugg bought out. Michael Chugg's uh, the guest. Part one of Michael Chuck's a guest on our and have just released episode of uh, Life of Brian out this week. If you want to have a listen to it, he um, also did, he
2: also did some work with Roll Paris and got the guy in Hey
1: Daddy's first acting he job. He did not stop. No, it. I made that yeah, up. Yeah, you did. All right, you I'm going to be quiet for a Absol- second. Yes, you did you absolutely man. Hey, funny. Well, you mentioned a weird round of footy. I just wanted to touch on the lightning uh, uh, the thirty minute lightning break that they had in Perth <laughs> yesterday. That's a that that sort of was the icing on the cake, wasn't it, for a weekend of absolutely unbelievable football stuff.
0: Yeah, it would have been unbelievable if West Coast got up and won. Yeah, so that would have absolutely put a seal on it, but isn't it funny how historically a Lightning apprenticeship was yeah. very short matches of football, and now a Lightning game is one that goes forever.
1: Was it 59 minutes or something the timer was showing for the last quarter? I don't
0: know whether that's when the timer ends, but, yeah, roughly. Uh, most, I mean, you know, obviously so. counting the break, but that would, that, that would be a little bit um, – if you're going to count that as the longest quarter ever, then why not the St Kilda Essendon and go Waverley? That, that was the yeah, –
1: uh, was that the
0: scoreboard on fire court, or, that or the lights went out? That quarter went about 70
2: hours or something, didn't yeah. it? The lights went out, yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. next year, to make year, like, every quarter, 59 minutes long to uh, get a bit more out of the television rights. <laughs> with a, with a half-hour
0: break in between,
2: Half-hour break, so it'll be a four- to-half-hour show. And, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: plenty yeah, of you know, time for ads and for promotions. <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> they could come up with a new football <coughs> for a new football show to put in there, surely. Yeah. 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 Call it the longest day. Yeah, well, the longest football show, aren't they all just... Haven't they, is it just me or have they all become a bit tedious of late because they're, you know almost all just regurgitating the same stuff over and over and over again. I, I just I, – I watch two minutes now and turn them off.
0: I listen to yeah, with, Kane with the, with, with the same people, you know. Yeah. David King here, Jonathan Brown there, Kane Corns here.
2: Oh. I, I heard Kane Corns the other day and he came on with his big editorial bagging the shit out of Tex Walker, right, fair enough, okay. And then for the next four hours, it's just – him saying the same thing over and again, people ringing up saying the same thing, and anybody who disagreed with him, he hung up on. And it was just tedious, this, you know, okay, Sex Walker said the wrong thing and he's sorry about it, but do we need to talk about it for so many hours? Goodness me.
1: Well, it hasn't finished because I saw last night a post of Text Walker doing uh, Text doing a uh, I called him Text Walker, um, t- Text Walker doing a uh, an apology, and uh, I noticed about half an hour later when I came back to the computer that everyone had piled on his apology that uh, someone was talking in his ear that it wasn't sincere that it was just a, God Almighty. Yeah. Honestly, if if they still had the, um, you know, if Ronald Ryan gets hung, they go and hang him another five times because it wasn't done properly the first time, apparently.
2: Well, look, does anybody actually know what he said? It must have been horrendous because no, I got no idea. the carry-on is... Um, I've got a rough idea, but... Um the it must be much worse than what I think it is. No, I don't. Think,
1: I, I don't know whether it's that, Brian. I, don't, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it matters what he said. The fact, the the inference and everything. It, it wouldn't matter what how colourful the words were, or you know how how rude or whatever the words are. It's it's what he, it it's. I guess the meaning behind what he said and the and that that's that's hurt everybody. It doesn't matter actually what you say. Well, it, it might though because
2: maybe I don't know. It's obviously said the, something dreadful, but. It's sort of hard to sort of really condemn somebody when you don't really know what they've done. I don't know whether I should hate the guy or whether I should sort of think, oh, well, he's made a big mistake here and he's apologised. So um, I just don't know what I should think about it because I don't know what the crime was
1: finally what's your thoughts on this? Oh, you've been very strong. I mean, we talked about this on this program a few times with you know things that have happened at Collingwood and uh, things that have been directed to your football club. What, what was your take on the on the Walker situation?
0: I mean, I'm going to assume he used a derogatory term for Aboriginal. Yeah. I can only assume
1: that. I, th- I think we all are. Yeah. 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 Let's lock that in.
2: Lock it in, Eddie.
0: That, that, word, that word is not used anymore. I'm telling you, even amongst. Mates of mine who I would say are still, you know, <laughs> they're not, they're, they're pretty racist, but they, that, you just, if we haven't moved on from that word, then what's, it, how's he thinking? And this is a bloke that plays with Aboriginal footballers, has had great relationships with any Betts and this bloke and that bloke and whatever. I remember absolutely sort of just reeling really back in shock when I heard John Elliott music one night on. Was on TV, but it was about fifteen years ago.
1: Yeah,
0: I was at ten years ten years ago. I mean, why would? But who uses that word? Oh, it, it, Are you, you know, talking about some, the N word? No, no, no. Derogatory words, an abbreviation of Aboriginal. I'm a standard yep. oh. on along those lines. Yep, maybe something expletive
2: either side. You know. I always get a bit puzzled about the uh, abbreviation of the word, and I know it's offensive to um, our Indigenous, and so I don't use it, but it surprises me that it is regarded as so offensive when we call the West Indies, the Windies, the Pakistans, the Pakis, the Australians and the Aussies. We abbreviate everything. The
0: Pakistanis do not like being called Pakis.
2: Is that right? In fact,
0: in fact, in in England it's called the P word and you do not use it.
2: Oh, that's why the next door neighbour hates me so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you
1: go. <laughs> yeah, no more Love Thy Neighbour episodes for you, Mannix. Well, I've
0: be Love Thy Neighbour this week. Well, it's the, it's the intent behind it, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine in, in, in England, that using that keyword, and I won't say it because it's the thing
2: well, I didn't realise it was offensive, so I apologise. To to I say, but it's, I been used,
0: it's been used over there in a very derogatory sense. Oh,
2: okay. Well, know, I've apologised with, to with, all of our friends in Pakistan.
0: No, it's not that. But here, really, it's just a cricket team, the package.
2: Yeah. yeah. Over
0: there, it would be used with sort of the adjectives, dirty this, filthy that, rotten this. Oh, okay. F and that, yep. F and that you know, written
2: up on. What about, you, what about if you said fantastic package? Would that be okay? Is it the word that goes with it or is it just the abbreviation? Well it's,
0: it's sort of the intent and over in England I imagine people have had it scrawled on their front fence, you
1: know.
0: Yeah. Go mm. home go home you taxes, whatever, and it becomes very
1: sensitive. Yeah, no, I can understand. And that.
0: Same with the abbreviation of Aboriginal because it's been used in every Aboriginal joke that is ultra offensive and yeah. I mean yeah. all we all we're really saying you know, it's pretty simple.
2: Remember the old love by neighbour? I was watching this this week. I watched watched three episodes of it this week on um, YouTube. It's it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're saying that just because we laughed at something in the past doesn't mean we should laugh at it now. But we shouldn't feel guilty for laughing at it in the past. I agree. I don't feel bad for laughing at it in the past. But it's a different world and it's funny because, you know, in the Ten Commandments, you know, Bible is what it is. But um, what what is it? What's the full thing of love by neighbour?
2: Love by neighbour is... Thou shalt do unto others as thou would have, yeah, a, have yeah, done have to done them, done them or something like that. Them.
0: And all you have to do is think, all right, do unto others as you want done to you, but not only others that look like you, just all others. Yeah. yeah. And basically... Just don't do anything that makes somebody upset or makes somebody feel scared. And don't think of it as, you know, the, I know this place. I know I know an Aboriginal bloke. He can take his dose. Don't worry about him. Worry about his six-year-old daughter or his 60-year-old mum or his his anxiety-filled cousin or whatever. Don't, I, I really hate when people say, Look, I've got a mate. He doesn't mind that stuff. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. There are plenty of bulletproof people out there. Yeah. But, you know, just I, just, imagine, just imagine a four- or five-year-old kid of any colour, white as well, just any colour.
2: Not oh, those dirty whiteys.
0: Made to be scared, made to feel scared when they walk out the front door because there's going to be a group of kids different to them, cracking jokes about them, and basically... Without physically attacking them, basically making them feel inferior. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how would you feel if that's your kid? Yeah,
1: no, exactly. No, I, agree. I'd be not love
2: yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, you know, I always send my kids out
0: to be proud, and they've always been confident and proud. And you know, I'm not sure if that would be the case if I lived in South Yarra and I was student mates. Yeah, right. But, you
1: know.
0: It'd be a, it'd be a tough tough you know. And I'm not
2: talking about gangs of kids. I'm talking about cute little four-year-old kids. Yeah. Interesting point you make there, Fanny, about, you know, if you do something to upset somebody else, you know, that can be construed as a form of racism. Because I've often felt that people that don't flush the toilet in public toilets and leave their, their mess behind for all to see, I've always felt that was a form of racism. Racism.
0: Right. <laughs> <too. laughs> <But, laughs> that, if people are behaving in a disgusting manner, whether it's that or whether criminals or whatever, yeah. yes, as long as you don't forgive every white person that does it and only bother about dark people that do it. But, yeah. That's no,
2: I don't right. like anybody.
0: I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, and we, we are getting to this point where we're, uh, where we're sort of excusing a lot of, not a lot of behaviour, but some behaviour and attitudes that do need
2: it's all oh, good it,
0: point, pointing out.
2: Because if it so doesn't take you. much to flush a toilet rather than, oh, somebody's going to want to see that. I'll leave it there. Oh, good on You, you. know, that's it's laziness. Sorry, I'm turned racist into a poo
1: joke. Yes.
0: <laughs> I've been avoiding public toilets. Personally,
1: from personal experience, me too. Funny, I don't go to them at all. Uh, I would. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've, the ability to hang on is a, a wonderful trait that has been handed down <laughs> to me through generations of Australians. And, and the, the, the point i to make on that too: you talk about you know you throw punches and do all that sort of stuff. That uh, that um, uh, that that cruelty that happens. Uh, the, the people's words burn for, far more into your uh, ethos for the rest of your life than someone who, who's Smacks you in the mouth once. You forget that and move on. But if you get if you get yeah. bullied and, and uh you know, with with people's words, that that stays with you forever. What about short people getting called little and short oh, and being man. bullied
2: and all of that? Is yeah. that Yeah. Is that yeah, I mean, sort that that has an effect
0: on people. Absolutely, Absolutely. it does. Oh.
2: Yep. Well, yes. you know, i c I've been copying that all my life. Yep. But, but you know, at the end of the day, I go, Well, you know, I am little, I am short, so. But right. you know, say so I'm little, and I've got to just wear
0: that. Um, your, your response always was, I'm little, I'm short, but God, I'm good looking. Well, that's true,
2: actually, yeah. Finally, you nailed it on the head. I might be short, but have a look at this, mate. How about <laughs> me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, of I've, 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 some interviews we've done, Brian, someone asks you how you are, and you go, I'm short, but coping. Um, <laughs>
2: That's right. I,
1: I get on the front foot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, and I spoke to a bloke who's seven foot tall the other day and, and uh, hype jokes about, you know, what's the weather like up there and all that sort of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, he uh, must
2: love that. Yeah, that's it. And, and yeah. fat people, they cop a bit. Yes, hearts. I, I um, do. Especially, especially for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, and one of the things I've noticed about really fat people, mm-hmm. especially the women, what they do, and I don't mean this in a disparaging oh, way, not going to sound like. Yeah. But the first thing they do, and the doctor says to them, look, you've got diabetes too, your heart is under great pressure, your knees are giving way, you are so fat. You are suffering from obesity in a big way. They say, right, I'll go down to the hairdresser and dye my hair purple. (laughs) Because that's what they do. You next notice Uh, next time you see a really big, fat woman, that her hair is dyed bright red or purple. Not all. Well, a lot of us, a few of them do. It's like, oh, what well, if I dye my hair a bright colour? They won't notice that I'm a few pounds overweight.
1: Can I no, change well, the I subject? Actually, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will. Let's talk Olympics. Let's talk uh, what's what's the sort of got the country thinking in a positive manner and. Put smiles on the faces of people in the last couple of weeks has been the performance of our Olympic team in Tokyo uh, a year after when it was supposed to happen, but uh, all the logistics and shouldn't happen and all those things in the end, I think we've actually all sat around and enjoyed it. So your three highs and lows from the Olympic Games is what we want to talk about. Finally, kick us off with uh, with your, your your number three on both fronts.
0: All right. So my number three high, I'll, I'll start with my number three lows. You put me onto it, I reckon. Broke, Novak Djokovic. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, his behaviour is unacceptable. Yeah, just fifty couldn't win the gold, doesn't
1: want the bronze, should be banned for life. Yep. Never to darken the doors of the Olympic Games again, hopefully. Um, Correct. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. And you're and your good one? Well,
0: number three, I'm going to go personal because I had a little bit of personal. And it was a real highlight, but, Yeah familiar of my mates, and my missus, my family. So a very good mate of mine. Played 10, 15 years of cricket with him, but also a very good mate. Went to each other's weddings. And I know his wife uh, is my dentist. Mm-hmm. And his name is Ray Montag, and his daughter was in the 20-kilometer walk. All
1: right.
0: And she went tremendously well. I mean, that is a very difficult event. We had three competitors. She finished sixth in that race and, oh, you know, was in it, yeah, that's good. you know, right up until the last couple of Ks and in three years she might be a real gold medal chair because she's only young, she's only 23, and they keep going older than that. But, yeah, Jemima Montag, and it was great watching her and it was, cult, you know, I'll get to an aspect of it shortly. So, yeah, that's my third high.
1: Beautiful. Brian Mannix, Third best and worst moments of the Olympics for you? Um, okay. I think, for me, one of the worst things, I think, and I, you're
2: probably going to annoy you with this, kid, but I'm annoying everybody today, so what the heck. Um, the taekwondo, I didn't get into that. That just looked like maybe I missed all the wrong events or the wrong matches or the wrong bouts. It was just two blokes kicking each other in the chest and it didn't seem to have any skill at all. and. Uh, I just thought, no, nah, this is not a sport that I could get into. So I'm gonna put the taekwondo down as the third worst. Right. Um, my third best is the swimming coach going berserk with the rail. I thought that was
1: great. What It he just lose his shit as uh, as his girl won? I thought that was terrific. Dean Boxall, I think his name was from memory. Um oh, well,
2: yeah. I thought he's it was you know, it was a bit like Lori Lawrence. Jumping yeah, into the water with his hat off and that. But um, I thought that exuberance was really great to see. Yep. Yep. Oh, he was on some really wicked drugs.
1: <laughs> no, well, clearly not. There's a clean game, Brian. Um, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet too. Sure, uh, my, sure. no, my number three low was uh, it's a media thing, but it was funny driving around in the car and the ABC radio not having coverage of it. It just felt weird, and I, I believe the radio rights were, were not uh, ex- as, uh, you know, excessively expensive, but the ABC um, pulled out of the bidding for it, I think, and, and I believe they'll be back for Paris in uh, in 2024, but it was just weird driving around and think, oh, um, the, the whatever's on, you know, whatever event it was, and turning the radio on and... It was normal ABC programming, and uh, I think uh, SEN had the had the rights to it. And uh, you can, in some parts, particularly in my area, you can hardly hear SEN. Um, but it was just really weird that the national broadcaster didn't have the absolutely number one national sporting event, any coverage of it. Just weird. Really weird, uh, and my number three, my number three good is just the swim team in general. I just thought they were absolutely sensational. Um, blitzed them. I, I spoke to one of the gold medal winners on the on my radio program on the weekend, and she was just terrific. And I think the Australian swim team's back after a couple of hiccups and you know losing themselves in all sorts of weird and wonderful things in London and uh, and a couple of the other games that they've been to uh, of recent times. They're back and they're, they're back as a really good team and a team that I think we can be very proud of. So that's my number three. Finally, number two. My number two bag... <laughs> my number two bag, <laughs>
0: yes. very similar to you, Kevin, was the radio coverage or lack of radio coverage. Yeah. Um... Now, SCN got the Olympic rights, whether they got it late, whether they paid for it later, I don't know. Anyhow, I'll tell you this much, and people can say, oh, that's sounds great you used to work for SEN and when Hutchie came, you don't work there anymore. I well, listen to SCN. but I couldn't listen to their Olympic coverage because just picking up the TV coverage mm. and the TV commentary, that's not covering the Olympics. Because as we know, TV commentary is very different to radio commentary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. I was listening to basket, and they were taking, they took ads when they wanted to take ads. So Bastards. So with 15 or 30 seconds to go, and the game still very much alive between the boomers and I think it might have been Italy. Yeah. They said, oh, sorry, we've got to go, we've got to take ads and go to the news. And they came back eight minutes later. It was... It's for their coverage. Yep. As I say, I don't, I don't need a radio station to pump the TV coverage for me. I'll just stay home and watch the TV, thank you.
1: Yeah, will do what do it. I finished up doing towards the end of the. Uh, I was sitting in my car the other night when my son was at Taekwondo, Brian, um, and I was oh. uh, I had the Seven Plus app up, and I was listening to that. I was listening to yeah, the, the basketball, better. and that which worked better. So I, I completely cut the radio out. But if the ABC had been doing it, um, I probably would have would have had it on. So you're number two, good. The TV coverage. Yeah, it was excellent. Look
0: from the swimming. Uh, the calling of Basil Zemplis was very good. Ian Thorpe, excellent. Yeah, Ian Thorpe was true. And I think, was it Lisa Jones? Or? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, Tamsin Lewis or Manu, very good. I thought she was fantastic. Dave Calvert, yeah. excellent. Always excellent. But Bruce, just the best. And I doubt there's a caller anywhere in the world with his depth of Knowledge and preparation in combination, and a beautiful call as well. Yeah. Um, and then all the sundry sports were very well commentated. Um, yeah, it was very good. Alistair Excellent. Nicholson, well, speaking,
1: speaking of Channel Seven, Alistair Nicholson was outstanding, and Maddie Hill um, was uh, was just yes, terrific yes, but, doing, doing the rowing and first,
0: stuff. But with Nick Green, so it was yeah. it was really well. And I'm going to be really picky here. The only thing they could have done better, I don't know why when they were covering the sports, they didn't have a little super on the screen every now and then to tell us who the commentators were.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Because they'd say, oh, now we go to Matt Hill and Nick Green. But if you miss that, certainly for some of the other sports, um, it, it did come up maybe at the end. But it could have come up a bit more because there were times I didn't know who it was and I thought this is a great calling, but it was really good across the board. Um, uh, what's her name? The hockey ex hockey player Parker. She was great, Georgie Parker. Yeah, Georgie Parker. That was all really good. Yep. Well done, not 7.
1: Yep, I'm going to so. I'm going to bag him in a minute, but uh, for for a different thing, but which we've talked about before. Now, Brian, you're, you're number two. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Um, number two, bad. The synchronised
2: swimming, my God, it might might be hard to do, but seriously, how can that be a sport? Um, That and the the girls with the hula hoop, it's like, what are you doing? How is this, you know, all dancing should be in ahead of those sports. It's called rhythmic
1: gymnastics,
2: Brian. Well, rhythmic gymnastics somewhere else, but (laughs) not at the Olympics. (laughs) I just don't think it's. You know, you may as well have calisthenics as a um, sport. Well. Or 10-pin um, bowling or – I think actually we've done 10-pin
1: bowling. 10 would be good. Yeah, I reckon 10-pin bowling would be good.
2: Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'd like to see the tug of war back in there. But, um, but yeah, I think the the synchronized the, swimming, for God's sake, you know, it's, I'm sure it's very difficult to do, but it's not that good to watch. Hmm. And these sports where you're – judging, you know, with numbers and stuff. I don't know. That, anyway, that was, to me, kind of piss weak. Right. Um, my number two best thing was um, probably Logan Martin and the BMXs. I thought they were terrific. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really good sport to be added in and, um, you know, it helps that we won it, but um, I thought he was terrific and I really enjoyed watching that.
1: All right, my number two, I'm going to, I'm going to slap Channel 7 uh, just say that I thought the late night thing that they did, and I know finally you and I talked about this last week and we disagree, but I just thought it was uh, they tried to uh, get Roy and HG, they set the benchmark, or get someone in. I just didn't think An- the two Andys and, and Lisa, uh, it worked, to be honest. I just found it really tedious and, um, and not a great way to finish the day off. Uh, it was sort of like laborious rather than it should have been a celebration. And my number two good... Um, the high jump girl, Nicola McDermott. Oh, yeah. I thought she was censor I was riveted to that. I think it was Saturday night that that was on. Um, uh, Eleanor Patterson was in the high jump as well. So we had two Australians in the final 14 or 15 or whatever was jumping off at the end. And this girl was just, she was, she's the one who at the end of every jump, Jumps down on her after she finishes the jump, whether she clears the bar or not, uh, goes to her seat and uh, gets her journal out and writes a little synopsis of the of the jump, whether she liked it, what she thought she did well, what she didn't do well, um, and then goes off and talks to her coach with her notebook and and she's um, she's got a, a pre. A jump routine that is uh, that is unique. Uh, she was just, I found it absolutely riveting to watch her. I, thought, I really enjoyed it. And she finished up with a silver medal, which was um, unbelievable. Broke the Australian record, I think the Oceania record. Uh, it, was, it was just terrific to watch. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. So they're, my, on, n- it. they're my number twos. Finally, number yeah. one. Right, so these are the
0: bads. Now, with apology to the disallowed Sam Kerr goal, which was oh. complete rudder. Oh. I mean, they've got a, a VAR system or whatever it is. Yep. So, why the referee felt like she had to call this n- nothing free before the goal? You see with off-sides how they play it on. Yes. To intervene as Sam Kerr <coughs> kicked the goal was absolutely wrong. But anyhow, that's very parochial. Mm. Um, so, with apologies to that, with apologies to the men's tie, example, you can't just decide. Oh, we both won a gold medal. Let's stop jumping. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: is, that's
0: the, and people go, "Wow, that's the Olympic spirit." No, it isn't. Why didn't Australia and Belgium just take a gold medal each after the hockey yep. and not have a shootout? Yep. That, that they should not have been allowed to do that. But oh, we both have gold. Thank you. No, you will not. <laughs> we you might as well sort this out, whether by hook or by crook. You guys are going to jump whether we're here till four in the morning.
2: What about if you got all the contestants and you said, Hey, let's none of us compete and we'll all have gold. Yeah, we'll all get gold. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 and I like
0: people go, Oh, that's the Olympic spirit. No, it isn't. That's the underage spirit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no scoreboard, yeah. Very
0: good. Go. Yeah, even that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. All right, so with apologies for those. Yep. Um, my biggest thumbs down goes to well. Do you remember when Dandenong in the VFA ran out of money? Yeah. and they just reappeared the next year the Dandenong Red League? Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Now, look, Russia was quite rightly kicked out of these Olympics because the state-run systemic, you know, get it from your local government official, drug-taking at the last Olympics, that really brought the Olympics into disrepute. Took us back to the... East Germans of 1972, and the sanctions were serious. You know, they were banned from these Olympics. So they just turned up as ROC.
2: Yep. ROC in the USA.
0: (laughs) I mean, big frigging deal changed the name. They they finished, what, fourth or fifth on the medal tally, and they had plenty of winners, and they had teams in all events, and they were all there representing Russia. Yep. So that is bullshit.
2: Filthy combo (laughs) bastards. Well,
0: hang on. If they're banned, not commode bastards, drunk, drunk
1: If they're
0: banned, they're banned, drunk shit, banned (laughs) bastards.
2: Well, that's what they were. Yeah, no, I did. not
1: make perfect sense. They weren't
2: invited to the party and they still lobbed up that prick. Yep, yep. It was a very weak, you know,
0: a weak sanction in the finish, wasn't it?
1: yep. And, and funnily yes. enough, I, the girl I mentioned just then, Nicola McDermott, was beaten by a Russian in the in the high jump. Um, yeah, they weren't
0: supposed to be in the athletic track and field at all. Yeah, they correct. Up. Yep. And you're good? And my number one good has to be the resurrected Australian team. You know, that, that entire team, yes, the swimmers were great. The athletics didn't walk away with a lot of medals. But boy, they performed well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Finals, yeah. top five, top six finishes, really setting themselves up for the future. And then, great to see rowing, kayaking, Jessica Fox, um, the the sailors doing well. Teams, you know, the Boomers winning a bronze medal finally, which was fantastic. Yep. Uh, men's hockey, yeah, there were a couple of disappointments, but across the board. People watching those Olympics that aren't Australians must, you know, see that green and gold and and see see Australia and think, gee, they do well for a country of only 20-odd million. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Well, I'll tell you after today how many we've got. We've got the census. That's
1: right, the census tonight.
2: I'll give you an official number tomorrow. (laughs) I I did the figures, actually. We get get one gold medal for about every one point four hundred and forty-four thousand people. Mm-hmm. but New Zealand gets a gold medal for about every 800,000 people they've got. So they, I
0: mean, New Zealand are great. Yeah, they yeah, are great. Well, they've got the great roller. Sir capital. Um, we're probably number two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, San Marino ended up with three medals and there's only 30,000 people in the whole yeah, country.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, those San Marinians, they're great. <laughs> yeah, they are. Righto,
1: right Mannix, what's your number one, good and bad? My um, oh,
2: number one good... Is uh, the girl that swore after she won the swimming? She she said the effing bomb. Um, Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, So so you've
0: got to put put our triathlete, our uh, decathlete, in there as well. He swore when he won the bronze.
2: Oh, fantastic! Well, I'm glad that you know they're bringing a bit of Australian to the world, and uh, (laughs) that's good. Um, I think probably the the worst thing for me. Was the American gymnast that just couldn't perform? Um, so me, it just Biles. sounded like sounded like a whole lot of bullshit because she was going to she was going to test positive for drugs or something. I just I didn't buy the story. She said she was depressed, and that well, if she was, I feel sorry for her. But you know, this is what you train for. This is your job, um, and I just thought it was a bit like our girl that laid down during the rowing of few Olympics ago. I just thought, No, you've got to try. Don't be scared to fail. And
1: well, she did come that, back, she did try. Didn't she finish up with a bronze in something? Yeah, yeah. She she did one of the events and got yeah. bronze.
2: Yeah, well she should have done them all, I reckon, but um, you know. Anyway, look, I don't know. You know, she might have had very good reasons, but to me it's just sort of thought you know, it'd be like me going to a gig and then sort of just before the gig I've done all the rehearsal and say, No, nah, look, I'm too nervous to go on stage. It's yeah. It's just not something that you do, and for me, I found that most peculiar. Okay,
1: uh, my yeah. num- my number one uh, in the thing is the the what's it's not a uh, slap at Channel Seven; it's more a slap at uh, the facilities and stuff. The incredible saturation uh, of of the um, the Olympic Games and all the events, you know, be it the badminton or the the basketball or the swimming or whatever it was, it, it meant that there was no cameras available to. Uh, Give us any coverage whatsoever of Australia's T20 series against Bangladesh, which you know I found uh, I found most disturbing, and I blame that entirely on the Olympic Games. And I'm sure we all wanted to sit and watch Australia take on Bangladesh in a T20 series and lose 4-1, and we were robbed of that yeah. opportunity. And I think that's uh, that's something that we should address for future Olympic Games in case we have a T20 series against Bangladesh or Afghanistan clashing with uh, an Olympic Games in the future. They need to plan it you really
0: should say that. Did you, did you see how many medals Bangladesh
1: won? No. Did they win medals? How many? Uh, I'll
0: check, but I don't think they
1: won any. Oh, didn't they? Yet, Yes, they are much better than us at cricket. <laughs> yes, they certainly are. Four-one, we lost the national series. Good grief! Uh, and my number one good is actually someone who didn't win a medal at all, but you've sort of half mentioned him. Funny. Um, my my number one highlight of the Olympics for me was uh, Cedric Dubler. Who was the um, the decathlete, the other Australian decathlete who didn't get the medal, but he was the one who was in Ash Maloney's ear the whole way uh, around in that fifteen hundred meter race, and right through the uh, all every event you saw in the uh, in the decathlon, whether it was the high jump or the javelin or whatever, at the end of each particular uh, discipline, Maloney would walk over and Dubler would be standing there, and they'd be having a chat, and he'd be talking to him. He he coached him all the way through that. Uh, Maloney, I think, is twenty or twenty one. Um, Dubler's a more veteran performer, um, and the delight that he had when he ran across the the line in the fifteen hundred metres second last or whatever it was, um, and he was screaming because he knew that Maloney had, uh, had got the time that got him the the medal. That to me was one of the great highlights. And you want to talk about Olympic spirit? That to me uh, was like the the Landy Clark moment where you, you're there helping your mate, um, uh, your teammate, and and that. Personifies what you said too, funny about the Australian team being back. That uh, that just crystallised it for me. So that's my uh, that's my number one. Good. Fair enough. Dave. There you All go. Right. All right. Now we're going to do chart attack, boys. All right. Uh, right. Here. So we're going to why do we why, why September nineteen seventy eight, It Then this chart is the three X Y chart of September 29, 1978. I
0: don't know why. I just thought seventy eight must be good. It uh, is. Personally,
1: I think I was wrong. Well, I, I reckon there's some really good songs in it. There's some dross, but it was dominated by um, the uh, soundtrack of, uh, of Grease. That is a
0: problem
1: already. The, uh, the movie soundtrack of Greece was number one. War of the Worlds, the Jeff Lynne uh, – sorry, Jeff Wayne, not Jeff Lynne. The Jeff Wayne uh, version of that was number two um, in the album chart, and Saturday Night Fever was number six, so there was a – Massive amount of, um, of, sound- soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, the movie soundtrack was in there.
2: Yeah, Eddie joke, Greece too. There you go. All right. The, the title song for Greece. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Frankie Valli's was in there. Uh, that was number three. So yeah, it, it's it's a it's an unusual chart. There's some funny things in there. What did you come up with for your number three finding?
0: Okay, so for my number three bad, I'm going to start with. I uh, low fruit, but Barry Manilow, Cope of Cabana. Oh, <laughs> I hear that a lot growing up and hated it every time I heard it.
1: Yeah, it was a bit cheesy. I don't like one. Barry
0: Manilow. I don't like that song, and it's nails down a blackboard for me, that one. Okay. Yeah, no, fair
1: enough. That's
0: my number three, Dad. Yeah,
1: I'm with you.
0: My number three good was actually just one above it in the Good old Ray and I don't know whether he had myself, but Warm Ride
1: was good. Warm Ride, yeah, I like Warm Ride. Yeah, I like Warm Ride. Good song. I liked his other one better. It's all over now, Baby Blue. I like that better. But Warm Ride, okay, yeah. but, so Warm Ride was a B.G. song, I think, written by the Gibb brothers. It's all over now, Baby Blue is a Bob Dylan song. Yes, it was. Yeah, Ooh. and and he did a <laughs> great. Gra- and he lived in Adelaide for many years, and I think he might even still live there if he's. Um, still around, Graham Bonnet. He married an Australian girl, an Adelaide girl, and, uh, and moved to Adelaide. I should get him to do a gig at the Adelaide. Yeah, there you go. That'd be good. Yeah, he
0: is, he is Australian because in America, I think his name was Graham Hood. What do <laughs> they call a Bonnet in America?
1: They um, have Carl got a, um, a hood. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's, gone, I think it's, a hood. A yeah, it's a hood. A trunk or something, yeah. Yeah, the trunk's Graham the boot. Hood. The trunk's the boot. What are they called, the front part? You, they have the hood. Them? The hood? Yeah. The hood. The hoodie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right, so Barry Manilow and Graham Bonnet. Uh, Mr. Mannix, what have you got at three in yeah. yours? Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting it. Mine uh right next to each other. Oh. And
2: they are. Uh, good is number 36, Graham Parker in the Rumor. Hey, Lord, Don't Ask Me Questions. I love that song.
1: Yeah, good song.
2: Good lyrics. And number, the bad one
1: oh. is
2: number 35.
1: Meatloaf. And, oh, mate, Meatloaf.
2: <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three is bad. It's shit out. Get off, you fat piece of shit. Don't dye your hair purple.
1: <laughs> now, did you hate that when it first came out or just of recent times when it's become um, a bit of a national sport to kick Meatloaf in the guts?
2: No, I've been kicking Meatloaf in the guts for many, many years, Kev, long before the MCG. I just didn't like any of his songs. They were all just too overproduced for me. And the idea of seeing him kissing some girl in the film clip made me sick. Um, no, I I'm not a fan at all. I don't like Jim Steinman's songwriting. I don't like Meatloaf particularly much. Um, so I, I can't say anything good about the man. Actually, um, I feel bad, but there's absolutely no no positive word I can say about this heap of shit. <laughs> we call meatloaf.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Brian. And I mean that in a positive and constructive yes, way. Yes, I can tell. I can tell. Uh, my number three bad is, I'm um, not quite sure what number it is in here. I know it's pretty high up from memory. Uh, it's a duo called Marshall Hayne. It's number 27, called Dancing in the City. Just a dross waste of three minutes of your life listening to that crap. So that uh, that's got my number three. One of those kind of, you know, cheesy... Um, pseudo dance, pseudo cheesy song. So that's my number three in the bad. My number three in the good uh, is right down the bottom. I think it's number forty. Uh, is Chris Ria, Fool if you think it's over, which was off his Benny Santini album, which I I loved, and I thought I always loved his voice. He had that kind of croaky thing about his voice, and I just thought, fool if you think it over, was a terrific song. Always liked that one. So that's my number okay. three. Finally, number two. Well, number two for me. Mm. Again,
0: slightly low fruit, but unfortunately, there are certain performers. When I see them, I just I see red, or I see no, or I say no, mm-hmm. and especially when they take a classic and f it up. <laughs> so Linda Ronstadt, back in the USA, is a slap in the face to Chuck Berry and a great song, and just a money grab by a money grabber.
1: Okay. I'm a, I'm a huge Linda Ronstadt fan, but that was not one of her finest efforts, so I have to admit that. Your number two good? shouldn't be knitting songs off Chuck Berry. Mm, okay, and cool. if she does, sure she, should,
0: she should be knitting My Little ding or whatever it was. Yeah, fair <laughs> Number two yeah, good? Yeah, I would have liked to hear her sing My ding actually. Um, my number two good was a... Zandra and Young, one of their, I guess they're less heralded creations, really, Flash in the Pan, are
1: they? Yeah, well, the that, was, that was the two, that was Harry and George, their little kind of pseudonym to go off and do things, stuff that they wanted to do, songs they didn't sort of put up for John Paul Young and other people.
0: Yeah, I like Down Amongst the Dead Men. Okay.
1: Yeah. Brian Mannix, yeah. of no first address. Oh, oh, okay. Address. You're a your... not an so
2: No, i um, sure. Okay, I'm going to go for um, one that I like. I think I'll go for number 23, I Need a Lover by Johnny Cougar. I think that's probably one of his better songs. Um, I think that's a good song. I like that. It's got a really long intro, but, um, yeah, that's good. And bad, I'm going to go for number 30. A lot of people like this song. I can't stand it. It's just been played to death. Uh, Patti Smith, Because the Night. Belong to lovers because they night Belong to love. Oh, piss off.
1: Can't stand it. <laughs> Jesus, you're grumpy today, Mannix.
2: Well, every cover band that had a girl singer, they all decided they had to do that song and whatever Pat Benatar was doing. You know, they just didn't have any imagination. So every time you see a, a cover band with a girl singer, you get, because they night. And it's like, oh, please sing a bloke song. You don't have to just sing girls' songs.
1: Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, my number two, bad. This band toured. Um, don't know. Don't know. On the strength of one record, why you would bring them out to tour? Is absolutely beyond me. But it was. It was a massive hit. Uh, and the radio station that I worked at and all the other radio stations around the place flogged the bejesus out of this song. In this chart, it's at number 13. It's Waku, You're Such a Fabulous Dancer. Very ordinary song. Think, yeah, it is an ordinary song. I think I saw them with Thin Lizzy at the My Music Ball. That's exactly who they toured with. It was a yeah. it was October of, uh, I think it was Rocktober of 78 or 79, one of the two. I think it might have yeah. been 78. And it was Thin Lizzy. Waku, the Brisbane version that we did was Thin Lizzy, Waku, John English. And I not remember. Well, no, I don't think it was Sports in Brisbane. It was another band in no, Brisbane. Sports was in Sports Melbourne. Sports in Melbourne. Yeah. And Thin yeah. Lizzy were fantastic. Waku were nice blokes, but, oh, they were um, they were just, you know, big hair and uh, they didn't have any other songs apart from that one, uh, as we found yeah. out when they did their stage set. And my number they two. Done back, they should have done Back in the USA. I <laughs> probably, anyway, probably did. And my number two, good, One Hit Wonders, but I really like this song and still when it comes on the radio, I turn it up, not that you hear it very often these days. I do turn it up and, and uh, in this chart it's at number 12. It's Pablo Cruz, Love Will Find A Way. Always liked it, still like it, mm. and it's just one of those one hit wonder bands that came along. They had an album that had a couple of other reasonable songs on it, but this was the only one that ever charted. Um, so they're my number two.
0: Number one, funny. Right, my number one bad is incredibly annoying for a number of reasons. Have you heard how five
1: seven oh five starts? Is that got the, the phone noise, the beep beep boom? boom, boom. No, it's uh, one of the members of the band goes five seven
0: oh five. All right, but they're That's English. Cool. They're Pons. <laughs>
1: and what they did the, in the an accent called
0: Sydney boys. Yeah, they're, 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 they're all British. English. Yeah, they're English. And then the song is about 5705 complaining that they can't get through. Of course you can't. You've only got four numbers. <laughs> you idiot. I mean, unless they were dialing in 1934,
1: 5705? <laughs> well, actually, oh, God, in 1973 when I went to Longreach, my telephone number was, I think, 38 because – because there, there, were, <laughs> there, there weren't a lot of telephones in Longreach and I think the one, yeah. one was something like that anyway. Uh, yeah, All right, yeah, no, I, I, I concur with you that that is one of the more idiotic songs of its time. Yep. So what, what pearl did you find? What gem did you find? What one excited you when you looked at it?
0: You know what? I loved this song when I was like 11. By the time this track came out, I was 13. So 11, 12 years old. I actually thought it was a really cool song. And I had no idea that the village people were gay. And you know what? Now, it just makes no difference to me that they were gay. In fact, I've seen the story of the movie about the village people. Yep. And they had to go through a heck of a lot to be a band. It's a, it's a really good story.
1: So and George, I really is it's a terrible Amaro- man. Was it Giorgio Moroder who was behind yeah, him, Yeah. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But, well, you know, they they were
0: not musicians, but they were entertainers. Yeah. And I and I mean San Francisco I thought was a good song actually. Yeah, so do but, I. Yeah. But I don't like YMCA. Um but I think Matro Man's the best of their songs and I just think that you know what? I've got to admit this. If I was at some sixtieth birthday party in four or five years and I was pissed. <laughs> and that came on, I'd be reaching for the nearest cop uniform. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's, it's a lot more fun than a lot of the other songs on that and It's certainly more fun than any, anything Olivia Newton-John.
1: <laughs> yeah. gargles out. Fair enough. Macho Man, the number 11 song on that chart, uh, is fine. He's number one. Mr Mannix, what have you got at the top?
2: At the top. so It's, it's probably hard with the uh, the battles. I don't know a lot of these songs. So yeah. I'm going to just go, well, you know, I don't know what uh, No One Is Innocent. I don't know how that goes. So, yes, yeah, so I'm not picking that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, um, and I don't really hate this, but it's kind of a bit baggy. Um, Rivers of Babylon by Boney Am. Yes. I think is I think, you know, it's a bit shit. We, can, um, we
1: concur, but, Mr. Mannix. That's mine as well. Well I'm I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of concurring because um I concur with
2: um Spiney on my number one good one and that's the village people macho man. Um, um, yeah, because go. you know, look, it's it's a song that's just endured probably better than anything else on this chart. And it's still relevant today. I saw them play at the uh Palace in St Kilda years and years ago, thinking I was going to laugh my head off at our shit house they were, yeah. and they were so entertaining, it was great, it was, they were really good, they should get them to do the, um, the grand final, you know, because they're
1: just, they're a really good
2: party band, and um, so yeah, Macho Man for me, a good lyric and great little pop song.
1: yeah. Actually, them doing yeah. them doing the uh, the grand final. If you could get a line, I don't know what the lineup would look like these days because they're all they'd all be seventy. Um, the ones that are still oh. alive and there's not many of them are still alive. I don't think. Because does well, I, I think the, it's
2: the fun, to play, the it's fun to play at the that'd be great. I think you need that sort of kind of uplifting sort of band for the grand final.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think that the singer, um, the the policeman, I can't think of his name. Um, I think he still tours. Pre COVID, yeah. I think he did. Anyway, well, um, I, I think they just replaced members as they yeah, go. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because a fair few of them died up. I remember I met the uh, the cowboy Jeff, um, who was the cowboy in yeah, the public toilet at St <laughs> Kilda. Yeah, that's right. Brian. <laughs> you met
2: the cowboy. He was on, he was on off filter. the
1: record back in the n- early 1980s. We had him in. And he You've was, undone uh, all the good work, Brian. It's <laughs> <Yes>, exactly <laughs> right, funny Exactly right. My number one bad is Rivers of Babylon by Bonium, and my number one good is Stick This Manix." It's Are You Old Enough by Dragon. Are oh. You Old
0: Enough? Yes. That should be the first question you
1: ask Gary Gwinner. Yeah, <laughs> the guy from Hey Dad doing your cover of. You up just it. done, did all your good work, both of you, um, <laughs> <laughs> both of you. There you go. So the top ten. I'll just. You know what? Mm. You know what? I've, you know what, Kevin? Mm. If you've got to ask, walk away. <laughs> yes, Now I've just realised uh, something I've uh, forgotten to get for this week's. Finny, can you pull up on your phone or something the draw for this weekend's round oh, of matches? Because I don't. Yeah, of course, I can. I didn't. We're going to have to get. I didn't it back in. I didn't print it off because there were no venues or anything last night when I had a look, and I forgot this morning because I got way and doing something else. But I'm going to go through the uh, the tips. But I'll go through the um, the top ten. Of uh, September 29, 1978, number 10 was Deep Inside of Me by Johnson Peters. What? I knew. (laughs) Was he in jail? Did you miss that? Did you miss that, Brian? Was he in jail or something? For God's sake. You should have got Tina Arena to sing that one. Number nine.
0: That song song was um, the club song with the Australian Customs.
1: Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> yes. Number nine's been mentioned, Copacabana by Barry Manilow. Number eight's been mentioned, Warm Ride by uh, the Graham, Graham Bonnet. Hood. Number seven, Down Among the Dead Men by Flash in the Pan. Number six, almost made it into my list too, Can We Still Be Friends by Todd Rundgren. Number yeah. five, Hopelessly. All of these relate back to deep inside of me. Can We Still Be <laughs> Friends,
0: warm, warm Ride, Are You Old Enough? Yes. Oh, look. No. The warm
2: ride sounds like there's you ride. All right, that's oh. stop it.
1: Number five was hopelessly devoted to you by Olivia. Number four was another night on the road by Sherbet. Three was Greece, Frankie Valley. Two, are you old enough, Dragon? And number one was you're the one that I want by Olivia and John. So they, that was the top ten. Now the stewards' yeah. inquiry into the footy tips. My God, there will be. I'm telling you. All uh, right, and Mister Mannix, take this cup and go outside and fill it for us, will you? And bring it back because you got <laughs> you got six. Hey, you got huge. You got six. Um, I got two. Hey, I got two and finally got three. Hey. Six. That was messy. And you got three Del Monte looks good, feel good, is unbelievably good tips. You picked, yeah, I thought I might get the Del Monte. You, you got the Suns beating Carlton. You got Hawthorne yeah, beating whoa. Collingwood. And you picked Brisbane whoa. to beat Frio, which n- none of us did.
2: Woohoo!
1: Catching up now, well honey, 17 behind you. <laughs> so, uh, and if we go for another 22 rounds, you're a chance, Brian, but we've only got two. Uh. But you're on 94. Oh. Finey's out in front now <laughs> on 110, well in front, and I'm on 107. So uh, a most unbelievable week of tips. I, um, I take my hat off to you, Brian. You, you took a chance. You took a punt. And, I did. And it came off. Now, all right. The games this weekend. I I do apologise. I didn't print it out at all. So, finally, have you got uh, you got the round of matches? Yes, yes. You can trust me. We do. All
0: right. All right. Okay. What do we got? Um, Brisbane Lions
1: are taking on Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you said it was going to get messy. It is right. Yeah. The <laughs> Worry Lawn
0: Bowls Club are <laughs> yep. taking on Dan Andrews and <laughs> Gomo in a tag team.
1: <laughs> <sighs> I'm up for the Worry boys. I reckon, they're, I reckon they're a Monty. They're a <laughs> Monty. All right.
0: Game one, Brisbane
1: versus Collingwood. Uh, I'll go Brisbane. Brian? I'll have the Brisbane Lions here. Mr. Farn. I'll go Brisbane. Right. Next. Game number right. two.
0: Geelong versus St Kilda, it is at Codinia Park. Okay.
1: I'll go Geelong. Brian? Yeah, yeah, but I'll go the Saints. Finey? I'll go Geelong. Okay. They've hurt you a couple of times, St Kilda, when, of recent weeks when you haven't tipped them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're arsehole. <laughs> I reckon
2: teams sort of – the teams that aren't going to make the eight, they kind of fire up for the last couple of rounds, I reckon.
1: You still – do still... make sure they've – no, I reckon well, you're going to make it, St. Kilda Rancher, by the looks of it, funny. Oh, uh, we'd have to beat be Geelong. So bad. Okay. Um, Stones versus the
0: Bombers. Oh, geez, okay. Probably in Melbourne somewhere, Victoria
1: somewhere. I don't know. Would have thought so. I'll go Bombers. Uh, they were impressive. They absolutely cleaned the doggies up in the middle. Uh, Brian, you'll go Bombers again?
2: Oh, two meter feet is warming oh,
1: up. Here yes, we I'll go. go on the bomb. Here we go. Two
2: meter Peter. Oh, how about oh, it? Yeah, right Seven goals, and we only gotta pay half his wage. Volko pays the rest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Finally, who are you going for? I'll go the bombers. Yes, okay. Then Giants
0: versus Richmond.
1: Oh, gee whiz. Oh. I'm gonna go the Giants. Brian? I think it's going to suit me better if uh, Richmond wins. So young so Richmond. I'll go Richmond. Right. Fine. I'm going with
0: Giants. Okay. Right. Hawthorne are taking on the Bulldog.
1: Doggies for me, even though Josh Bruce, that's very sad. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Is, he after, is, he, is he after the season or just yeah.
1: this week? ACL. He's gone. Oh, jeez. That really hurts you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, look, I still think the,
2: the dogs will bounce back this week, though, were. Unlucky you know, last week playing yeah. such a great team. Oh, but, um, shut
1: up! Um, uh, Finey, who are you picking? It's in Tassie this game, I think.
0: No, well, I think we're not allowed to send teams to Tassie now. It's the latest I've
1: heard. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Somebody, King, King Island. King Island. Down there with Stewie McSwain, the uh, the fifteen hundred meter runner. He'll be yeah, jogging around the He's lived in St Kilda for the last five years. Yeah, yeah no. uh, uh, So, who are you tipping? Uh, the Bulldoggers. Bulldoggers. Right. Uh, next. Melbourne v. Adelaide. Uh, I have to go the Demons. Brian. I have yes. to go the Demons. I'll go the Demons too. Right. North Melbourne v. Sydney. Swans. And the winner is? Sydney. For me. Uh,
2: new, I nearly got north last week. They, they nearly got there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You know, and, um, you know lost my Well, look, you know, I'm miles behind. I might as well go for um, not Sydney. Okay. This was a, uh, North, I'll go for the Kangaroos. What the hell?
1: There you go. Okay. It's Port Adelaide v. Carlton. Port Adelaide for me. I think Murphy's playing his 300th. What, the way he's played – two ninety nine 2 There's an unused sub. Okay. Uh, if you get
0: a game for being an unused sub, then I've, I've played 300 games. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. I'll go, I'll go for Port. Brian?
2: Oh, look, I've got too many Carlton friends to go for Carlton, so I'll be going for Port for sure.
0: Yep. I'm oh. going for Port. Yep. And we end up with the Derby, which is a game between Fremantle and the West Coast Eagles.
1: Oh, dear me. Uh, I'm going to go the Eagles. I'm going to go Furio because, yeah, I am. Yeah. Fine,
0: Because I am. I mean, I'm going the Eagles, which means I think we've picked the same, Kevin.
1: Uh, let me have a look. It's Eagle. Not, uh, that's not very fun. No. So you can change any of yours if you want to try and catch up. We have uh, we have actually picked the same. Brian's Brian's the one who, who is the uh, Monty to get the Del Monte. If that happens.
0: Now, I'm that's not right. kidding. I'm not kidding. When I have tipped these nine games, I'm thinking, I'm pretty certain I'm going to get nine. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's how I think every week. Which
0: is how I felt last week.
1: Yeah, got three. Oh. Last, I mean, last week was a disaster.
0: You know, you, you tip nine games, you think, yeah, that's pretty obvious, that's pretty obvious, and then you only get three of them.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was yeah. a, a complete wipeout last week. Completely.
0: Yeah. Well, look, it's harder to tip with no crowd because it's certainly, when there's crowd, it makes a behind the ground advantage.
1: They might, well, they might have some crowd. Yeah. I think, actually, your game, uh, I heard um, them say that it's possible because of the restrictions being lifted in regional um, Victoria uh, early in the week that they might have a crowd at uh, GMHBA Stadium on, on the weekend. Of how many? I would assume it will be the same as it was the last time when they had that sort of seven or 8,000 sitting in that one part of the ground. I'd assume it'll be fairly similar to that. It wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be any more.
0: Oh, so, again, we're going to have a hit convention on the wing <laughs> controlling the umpires and yep. giving free kicks because no St Kilda fans can go. We're not allowed out of Melbourne.
1: Yep, correct.
0: But I'm going to have to stand at the border of Melbourne and regional Victoria and yell my guts out, am I? Yep. Oh, that
1: sounds fair. Yep, that, that's fair. And uh, and blokes, players will still be jumping the fence to get the ball out of the stands because there's no people in that part of the ground. Yeah, and
0: Joel, Joel Selwood, he'll be ducking for free, but if anybody else ducks, he'll be jumping him <laughs> in the
1: head <laughs> and getting uh, off. And getting off, yeah. Jeez, that surprised me. Uh, the Toby Green thing surprised me too. I thought that, that looked accidental, but, you know, I wonder if it had been Mark Fine or Brian Mannix. not
2: accidental.
0: Hang on a second.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's a
0: he player did. He's a player who has a history. When he goes for a mark, he uses his knee to protect himself. Oh, that was and t- when he's t- holding t- the ball, and somebody tackles him, he uses his elbow. He's been doing it his whole career. Now, if that elbow gets somebody in the throat, pay the penalty. He has been dangerously protecting himself ever since he started playing. Just because he's a great player and he's not intentionally dirty, but he does. He is occasionally, certainly with a couple of doggies once, yeah. but he has a, his instinct is, maybe because he's always been a small forward but a marking forward, so he is in the line of fire a lot, but he has always used the pointy part of his leg or his arm to protect himself.
1: Is that, Inchie, Bruce Lee. is that well it's gonna say is, is that ag- is that aggression? Is that is that intent or is that just the way he plays the game? Oh, that's like Homer Simpson saying,
0: Well, I'm just gonna bite, hum, um, um, and if your apple pie happens to be in the way, then bad luck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Now I've made my dog bark. <laughs> I was going to say the dog's going off in the background, uh, which means... You know, so, but, so, so yeah, so Toby Green goes, look, I'm just going to protect myself with my elbow and my knee, and if somebody runs into a dog
0: bark, no, not a yeah. dog you're not allowed to do it.
2: In his younger years, before he started playing AFL, he used to protect himself with a knife. Oh, stop uh, it, and, that's, <laughs> and you take the nunchuckers out there, he'd protect himself anyway he could. Can I yeah. tell you, All he's
1: right. a really,
0: he's a really good bloke, Toby Brent. Really, is he? Um, he's had a tough. There's part of his, his upbringing, his life that is difficult, um, and it's it's tough. It's it's. I won't go into it. Yeah, but he's a really good bloke and oh, okay. a really level-headed, decent young man.
2: I met him briefly at a function and he just elbowed me in the neck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got too close, of course. Was it at the buffet? He was. It was at the buffet, yeah. He he was protecting. He Brian, he was protecting himself because he'd been attacked by a a frenzy of short asses previously in his life and that, 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 you know, indelibly was in his mind that you might have been one of them.
2: I'm going to dye my hair purple (laughs) so nobody (laughs) will notice that I'm short.
0: (laughs) And on that yeah. note, I'll tell you. I'll tell you for a young bloke who's a footballer with a bit of a reputation on the field. So people might sound him out um, socially or whatever. Yeah, I'll pretty cosy. They used to go out. Yep. Um, he had an incident very early on in his career down at the, at the Pokies venue of all things, um, and it was more. Yeah, that was wrong. But I know as a fact, um, basically he went to the same school as my daughter's and, daughter oh, right. and a similar age. But, and, and I've seen him social out, not spoken to him. He is a very considered decent young man.
2: Okay. Good to know. Uh, well, can we talk about somebody that's not a decent young man next week? I, you know, I don't like giving compliments to people. Right. If we could find some thugs that we can just shitbag, that'd
1: be better. Well, can you just... oh, we can talk about each other. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you very much, Brian Mannix. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you very much, Mark Fine. Always lovely to catch up with you boys. We'll uh, talk next week. You bet.
0: And I'm not going to done the otherwise I'll be having a warm ride. See ya. So <laughs> right. I'll
1: make sure Alice Cooper doesn't uh, call you while yeah. you're there. all oh, right right See you, boys. And it's... <laughs>
0: you've just experienced rock and roll don't forget to follow us on twitter and facebook